Hey, welcome today. I'm Pastor Dan again, and we're in our series called the Legacy Series. And this is a series that we will be bringing every year in December. This will be our topic, our theme, as we're preparing for that next year to come. How many wants 218 to be the best and most productive year of your life? And I, I'm not just saying, I know we're supposed to do, you know, I don't believe in New Year resolution because we don't fulfill 99% of them. So let's do life change in December and get ready for January, all right? And so we're in this series. Pastor Brad kicked it off last Sunday. We're talking about legacy because all of us are going to die one day, and we're either going to leave a memory, that means I knew them and I knew something about them, or we're going to leave a legacy, which means they imparted something in my life that changed my life, the direction of my life, and the generations of my family and friends that are going to follow me. How many want to be legacy builders, not memory developers? Come on, somebody. And so we're going to talk to you this month about different areas to begin to build and leave a legacy in. Pastor Brad kicked it off, powerful message last Sunday, and then we're going to come in today with part two. And so, but before we get that, I want to just remind you that every December at the last Sunday of the year, we're going to begin receive our what we call our legacy offering. Now, if you're a guest here today, we don't push money here. We do take tithes and offerings, but we take two special offerings in this church every year. And then we trust God that through those two offerings, everything's going to be met. And we don't need to come up and take a hundred special offerings outside of a hurricane or something like that taking place. We might. And so this month, we're going to take our legacy offering. And then next year, we're moving our first fruit offering into the spring rather than in January. And we're going to do it when the first fruit celebration is really taking place on the calendar of Israel. And we're excited about that. That's always a big, big, exciting time here at Transformation Church. But in December on the 31st, we're going to receive what's our legacy offering. And we're giving that away. That's the great part. Because how many knows legacy means you've invested into somebody with something. And we're giving this entire offering away. We're going to give it and put it into five different areas equally. Number one, we're going to sow into Transformation Church through this offering. We're going to sow into our church. We came into this building December a year ago. It had been empty for seven years, and we've had to do a ton of repair into this building, over $200,000 worth in 11 months, 12 months, and we've got more to do. And so a portion of it's going to go into the church structure here, keeping the building going. The second area that we're going to take 20%, we're going to put in a haven. And we have our TC Haven, which is our ministry for children or adults with special needs. And what a, what a blessing that haven is to families and to us as a church. We've got sensory rooms, comfort rooms, group rooms, focus rooms back there that families that could not go to church ordinarily in a, in a church setting because there's nothing for their children We've got about seven rooms back there now geared toward children that are dealing with special needs. Come on, give yourself a hand for that. And we're excited, but I mean, that's expensive and it takes funds to keep that going. So we're going to sow into our haven, not only here at the church, but we're also sowing into different ministries and schools, Westgate School and Autism Pensacola and different areas, the Miracle League, uh, the ball field for children with special needs. We're going to be sowing into things outside the church, all right? Local missions that we're going to be doing a lot of evangelism next year in our community. That's going to help fund that. National missions that we're part of an organization that is planting churches in America every month. Solid, strong churches. How many knows America needs Jesus today? Amen. And so through this offering, we're immediately going to sow it out. 
And then international missions, we have missionaries in Peru and Laos and Vietnam. We, we sow into different other countries and Africa and different places. And how many knows it would be a great day if you're a missionary over there and all of a sudden you get a five or $10,000 check for Transformation Church saying we're going to kick off the year right. Come on, somebody. And so that's our vision. So we want you to just pray. We're not pressuring you. We're not telling you. We just want you to pray. And on December 31st, we're going to receive our first of an annual legacy offering. And then immediately in January, we're going to disperse it and give it out. And we're going to be a blessing and sow some seed that's not just going to be a memory. It's going to build a legacy in the lives of many. Come on. How many is excited about that? Amen. And so be ready. Pray whatever God wants you to do. But today, I want to talk to you about building a legacy of faith, caring, and serving. Go with me to our scripture that we're using every week. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. How many is ready to have a year that it don't shake you, you shake it? Come on, somebody. Ooh, that would be great, wouldn't it? Well, he said we will. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered. Turn to your neighbor and say remembered. They will be remembered not tomorrow, but forever. You want to know why? The legacy you leave touches from generation to generation to generation. It never goes away. The seeds you sowed, the work you did, didn't leave a memory. It left a legacy that's changing lives for generations to come. We're going to talk about how to do that in the next few minutes. So let's talk about leaving and building and leaving a legacy of faith, caring, and serving. Matthew 20 says, in the scripture, Jesus called them together and said, You know the rulers of the Gentiles rule over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. They're more into dictatorship and position and power. They're not interested really in leaving anything to anybody. They just want to rule over them. He said, that's how they operate, but not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I've told my children all their life growing up that when I die, and I will one day, they're going to put me in the ground. There's going to be a tombstone there. I don't want them to be able to say, because they can't say he was a great pastor or he was a great preacher. They would be lying if they said that. I want them to be able to say he cared. If they can just put that on my tombstone to say he cared. He was a genuine man that genuinely cared for other people, and he sowed his life into people to make a difference. And every one of us have the opportunity with our life to leave a legacy, not a memory of our faith, of our caring, and of our serving. I want to talk about that today. 2 Timothy 1.5 says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy. He's talking to Timothy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which was first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and then in your mother, Eunice. And I'm persuaded, Paul said, it now lives in you, Timothy. What was he saying? He was saying there's something generational about our faith. That faith is not something just for me. It needs to go to my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. That there's a generational passing down of a legacy of faith. And Paul said, I don't even have to worry about you, Timothy. I see it in your grandmother. I've seen it in your mother. I know it's going to be in you. And then if we go study the high priest Aaron, Moses' brother, who was the high priest, the first high priest of the nation of Israel, you will never see in Scripture where Aaron's brought up that his sons aren't mentioned. 
It's always Aaron's, Aaron and his sons. Aaron and his sons. Aaron and his sons. Why? Because God had already intended his sons to follow in his footsteps of priesthood. And I want to challenge you today that what God is doing in your life is not just for you and then for you to die and be put six foot under. God's saying, I'm doing something in your life so now you can serve, you can have faith, you can care about people, you leave a life-changing impact on someone's life, and when you're dead and gone, the legacy's still going on because generations are going to feed off of what you've invested in their lives. And we have that opportunity today. And so I want to talk to you today about leaving a legacy, number one, leaving, building and leaving a legacy to love God passionately. Building a legacy of loving God passionately. Paul says in Colossians 1, 16, for everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him, God and finds its purpose in him. Can I say to you today, the church did not teach me how to pray. My parents did. The church did not teach me how to worship. I learned how to do that in my living room with my family. The church didn't teach me how to study the word of God. My father did with a Bible in his lap. I was 21 years old when I got married to that beautiful lady on the front row and never used a house key one day in my life. That's humiliating. You know what I'm talking about? Mom opened the door every night. So I did not have a curfew, but I didn't need one because I was never out past 1130 because I knew mom was going to stay up and open the door. And every time mom opened the door, I would hear my father praying in the bedroom knowing that he had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and go to work. But my dad, I would hear him praying every night. It'll mess you up, man. You go in your bedroom and go, dear God, you know what I'm saying? And I would go through that door. Mom would open it. I'd have my key out, and there come the door. And I'm like, just let me open it one time. You know what I'm talking about? Feel like a man, you know what I'm saying? But as soon as I'd walk in, there was my parents' bedroom door, and I'd hear my dad praying over his children that God would protect us and keep us safe and bring us all home safe that night. And he never went to sleep until all of his children were in the house. My dad died of a brain disease in 2011. And I remember being with my dad, and he was totally unconscious of the people around him. I have 17 videos of my father that will go from generation to generation of my family where he was in a, in a wheelchair in a nursing home, or he was laying in his bed, and he was totally unconscious of any one of us around him. But my dad was praying in the Spirit, and he was praying in English and didn't even know he was praying. But I've got videos of my father praying for his children that God would cover his children and watch over his children, and he didn't even know he was praying. But that's the legacy that I have, that I don't need a church to teach me to pray when I have a father that knows how to pray like that, that even when he's unconscious, he's praying over his family. And I want to tell you today, there is a spiritual legacy that you can build and pass down to your children and generations to come, and not just your children. You get to pass it down to the children back in the kids' zone and in the nursery and wherever you're serving, at the door, when you're ushering. We have this opportunity to build this legacy of just being passionate about God, so passionate about Him that even when we're unconscious, we're praying to Him. That there's this legacy that we can build of being so passionate about Jesus. You see, in Genesis 12, 5, it says, Abraham gave all 
that he had. Say all. He gave all that he had to his son Isaac. And he really did because if you study, and I don't have time to do it, but if you study it, you will see the exact same characteristics in Abraham. You'll find them in his son Isaac. Abraham was a man of faith. Isaac was a great man of faith. Abraham was a man of great courage. Isaac was a man of great courage. Abraham was a man of great obedience to God. Isaac was a man willing to lay his own life down at the request of his father on an altar. You see that Abraham was a prayer warrior. Isaac was a prayer warrior. You see that Abraham was a giver. Isaac was a giver. But you always also see that the exact same sin that Abraham committed, his son committed. He offered his wife to another man as his sister. Both committed the exact same sin. He gave all that he had to his son Isaac. Can I tell you, mom and dad, today, you want to know what your children are going to be like in 20 years from now? Look in the mirror and multiply you 10 times. Because you're leaving a legacy and we're giving all that we have to our children even when we don't know we are. And I want you to really understand this today because you see, Abraham was known for digging wells. Wells meant refreshing, life, giving. And he was known for building altars. That was Abraham's, he was known for both spiritual and refreshing. But I want you to go to Genesis 26. It says, and Isaac dug again, say again. He dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. He's redigging his father's wells for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham and he called them by the names which his father had called them. So Isaac's in need of water for the people. He didn't go dig a new well. He went and reopened the wells of his father because he knew his father had an Abrahamic blessing pronounced upon him by God of heaven and he wasn't interested in something new. He wanted the same blessing that his father had. And so he reopened the wells of his father. Because he was willing to do that, we go to Genesis 26, 24. And the Lord appeared to Isaac the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do you see what I'm going here? Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. What he's saying there is the same covenant promise and blessing that I pronounced upon your father Abraham, I'm putting on you. It's going to the next generation. A legacy is going to continue of my favor and my blessing upon my people. So Isaac built an altar. What's he doing? He's imitating what his father did. He built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servant dug a well. Hear what I'm saying to you today. We're talking about building a legacy of being passionate for God that Isaac never forgot where he came from. He honored his father. He honored the covenant that he had made with God and he lived on his father's well and he prayed at his father's altar. But there come a day because of his obedience to do that that God said, now you're gonna build your own altar and you're gonna dig your own well and you're gonna experience the same covenant blessing that I had with your father. Now it's gonna be on you in a new measure. Come on, somebody. 
And I'm saying to you today, it's important when you walk in here on a Sunday morning that this is not just another Sunday. This is a day the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. It's important when you wake up every day of the week and declare, this is God's favor in my house. Get prayer back in your house. Get worship back in your house. Let your children hear you pray. Let your children hear you read the word of God. Let your children watch you worship in church. Don't send your children somewhere. Get them in the house of God with you. Get them in the children's ministry. Get them in the sanctuary. But let's sow a passion for God in our lives to the next generation that church isn't something I do. Being a Christian is what I am. I'm passionate in love with Jesus. Number two, we build legacy by serving people selflessly. Selflessly. I want to be known as a man who cared. Not great at anything, just cared. Was real. First Timothy, Paul says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds. Tell them to do good, do good, care about people, do good. Be, be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is true life. You see, my, my father never owned stock. We grew up poor. We were so poor, our chickens linked up against the barn. You know what I'm saying? You poor, you know what I mean? We grew up in South Florida with no air conditioning. You are poor. We went to sleep by taking towels and wetting them with water and squeezing the water out and put them in the refrigerator and then at night taking them out and laying them on you with a fan blowing on you. That was AC growing up right there. That's called pole. My father didn't have stocks and bonds and a financial portfolio, but he understood this. The greatest investment you can make in life is in people. You invest in other people, and that's why there was always homeless people staying at my house. There was drug addicts always in my house. My bed was always for somebody else. I slept on the sofa more than I slept on my bed. My brother was bigger than me, and he wouldn't give his bed up, so they got mine. I remember one lady, I won't mention her name, shooting holes in our ceilings, high on drugs. I remember another young lady, her family kicked her out, and, and another young man, her, his family kicked him out from drugs, and rightfully so, and they began to live with us. And, and my house always had strangers in it because my father and mother understood the value of investing in other people. And I've learned that in my life, and I've tried to train that to my children, that people are the great. I'm not against stocks and bonds. I did financial services for years. But I want to tell you, the greatest investment you can make today, and you don't have to worry about the ups and downs, is in other people. That when you invest in people, you're making an eternal difference in the lives of someone, and you're going to touch a family lineage that can change for eternity. And when we come and grasp and understand the truth of that, that the power of investing in people. The Bible says, give and it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And I just want to say to you today that the greatest return you will ever get on any investment in your life is when you sow into people. This happened to Kathy and I, and it was totally unexpected. We, we, we met this lady, and she was very poor. She had some children, and, and she needed groceries, so we took some groceries by her house, and, and then it became a regular trip that I would make and take groceries over there. She had a grandfather that was dying. He had a brain tumor, and he was there in bed, but he could talk and communicate, and, and so I would go over each week and just take a little bag of groceries, nothing big, nothing fancy, and, and just give to the family, and I would pray for Grandpa, you know, and he started calling me just Preacher Dan you know, the preacher Dan. 
and, and Preacher Dan's here, and you know, and, and I would go in there and pray with him, and they were in a very poor area of this city, and he passed away. And uh, she contacted us weeks later and said, you won't believe this. She said, my grandfather had hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash hid. We grew up all this poverty, and he had all this money, and we didn't know about it. And she handed me a check for $10,000 and said, the attorney just told me that I need to give some of this away, and granddaddy would want you to have this. Yeah, I said, praise God, too. (laughs) Was that the intent? No. Jesus said, when you give, it will come back to you. Press down, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. And I'm saying to you today, church, one of the greatest sources we can live in society and in the church today is it's not about me. It's about them. And when I learn to sow and build a legacy of, of a life that's not all about me and my dream and my wish and my want, but it's about them and their need and their crisis and the situation and that God can use me to make a difference and making an impact in their life. That's the greatest investment you and I can ever make. The psalmist said, they share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. I mean, he's ready to be remembered forever. For generations to come, generations to come, one of the greatest honors I have as pastor of this church is I get to look back there and there's a Kyle Thompson back there that used to be right about this tall and grab me around my knee and and Heather that sings up here and works in all of our different areas of ministry on our staff. She When she came here, she couldn't speak English. She could only speak Spanish, a little tiny thing and, and used to come around and kick you in the knee as a pastor. You know what I'm talking about? And today they're married and they're leaders in this church. And, and I get to watch that as a pastor. There's a legacy coming. I get to watch my son get up here and preach. I get to watch my children serve in the ministry here. I get to look on this stage and see spiritual sons and daughters that used to be children now they're adults. I'm watching ushers take up money. They used to kick me in my knee and now they're leaders in this church. It's a generational thing that when I'm dead and gone, the ministry doesn't stop. It's going to get better every year because they're not always going to dig in my wells and they're not always going to drink of my water. They're now digging their own wells and God's dealing with their heart and they're building their own altars and and God's saying the same promise that was upon me is now upon them and they're going to take it to a whole new level one day. Because it's generational, it's a legacy, it's leaving something. And you do that when we learn to serve. One of the things that my father always asked me, and then I saw a pastor put it on Facebook today, and it was like blew my mind. It just took me back into memory. But one question my dad asked me many times as a young man, he said, Dan, if today was the last day of your life and you knew it, what would you do with it? If today was, let me ask you, if today was the last day of your life and you knew it, What would you do with it? Because Jesus knew it was his last day and he washed feet. Jesus knew he was going to the cross that day and he didn't stand up and have a ceremony about who he was and how great he was. He got down on his knees and he washed the disciples' feet. Can I challenge you today? The greatest legacy we can leave is not how great we are, but how great he is through operating through us to make a difference in someone else's life by serving them.
That's how we leave legacy, not memories. Number three, we leave a legacy, we build a legacy by living life intentionally. Intentionally. And when you get older like I am, certain scriptures start having a new meaning. And I've buried four of the most impactful people in my life over the last few months. And it begins to really go, hmm. Reality starts to, I mean, I'm not planning on dying tomorrow, but that day will come. But this scripture has so much more meaning to me than it used to have. This is in the book of Acts 13. For when David has served God's purpose in his own generation, and I've thrived to do that for 37 years, he fell asleep. God took him to heaven. But he didn't do it until he served God's purpose in his own generation. And can I tell you today, God's got a purpose for every person that I'm preaching to right now. He's got purpose in your life. How many would stand with me today and say, 217's been a little rough. There's been some stuff going on in 17. Am I, was it just me or has there been some stuff going on? I mean like supernatural, demonic stuff. I'm not a demon chaser, but I'm going to tell you, man, there's been some crazy stuff going on in, two, in my world, in my world. I mean attacks and, you know, my grandson and, and, and my own health and family stuff. And, and I mean, it's just been one thing coming out of nowhere, 17. It's been a good year for the church. It's been our best year ever for the church. But man, personally, there's some stuff been going on. And it happened in my life. And I'm, I'm getting a little personal. I'm not going to get too personal. But it happened in my life as a pastor. And then I couldn't understand where all this demonic stuff was coming from. I mean, attacks, crazy stuff. And then it hit me that October, November is the 20-year anniversary of the severe attack that Satan brought against my life to totally destroy me. Totally destroy me. Darkest, darkest three months of my life was October, November, December, 20 years ago. And it was demonic. It was satanic. I sat on my bed with a pistol to my head for three days wanting to die. And I can tell you the last two months has been such an attack in my life. I mean, nightmares and dreams and just things happening that just blows your mind. You just, it, it was demonic. It's been satanic. It's been tough. My grandson, all that's going on. And it, it was like a thousand pounds on me and I couldn't get it to go away. Yesterday, standing right here, I think I saw her right over there. She can't even understand me because she don't understand English. She's usually sitting by her family and they interpret for her. That woman can pray. My God, she can pray. She's got a gift of prayer and intercession. She's here every Saturday with her family praying. Every Sunday, she sits over here and can't even understand a word we're saying. She's over there going with us. Because there's some things you don't have to understand to know they're real. But I'm going to tell you, she started praying for me yesterday. And I mean, she prayed in Spanish. I don't know what she said, but it worked. She began to pray for me, and tears began to flow down her face. And she stopped. And then she began to move and then she come back and she started praying again. She began to rub my back like a mama would and began to pray. And I'm gonna tell you, it was like a thousand pounds lifted off of me yesterday in this church. Just God. And I'm saying that today to say that there's some of you in this building that can identify with me. I know what it's like to hurt. I know what it's like to be victimized. 
I know what it's like to want to give up on life. I know what it's like to know if yesterday's pain is going to be worse than today's misery. I know what it's like to have all those thoughts and feelings and emotions. But I'm going to say something today. When you learn to serve others, you will free yourself from the spirit of victimization. When you learn your purpose in life and you understand that I'm here for a reason and all of this stuff, it's not even that Satan doesn't even care about you. He cares about God's purpose in you being fulfilled. Some of you need to hear what I'm saying to you right now because you've been hurt. You've been offended. You've been wounded. You've gone through stuff that don't make sense. You've been victimized. You've been injured. You've been lame. You, you've been told you're worth nothing. You feel like you're worth nothing. But I want to tell you today, that's a lie from the enemy. And God has sent me as your pastor to tell you today, old is gone, new has come. We're still here. The enemy tried to take us out. We're here. He tried to knock you down. We're here. He tried to take you out of the picture. We're still here. And greater is he that's within you and he that's within me than he that's in the world. We're not going anywhere. We're getting up, dusting ourselves off, putting our chests out, declaring that he is God. There's purpose in my life and I'm going to go make a difference. I'm going to build a legacy. I'm going to change somebody's life and I'm going to do something that's going to be an eternal change in a family lineage and in someone's life in Jesus' name. So if 18 is going to be different than 17, then you and I have got to do something different than 18 than we did in 17. So I'm going to give you four steps, and I've got to quickly give them to you and close. Sorry, got a little rowdy there. Oh, it's all right. I'm feeling good. So here's what I want to challenge you. How many wants 18 to be better than 17? How many wants to build a legacy? How many wants to not let 18 go by and be like 17 and go, what did I build this year? really can't put my finger on anything I really built. I survived, I sustained, but I don't even know if I can identify anything that I'm leaving. How many want to say at the end of 18, that will not happen? So how do we do that? Number one, focus on knowing God and do thing. Make your relationship with Jesus something very important. Do 18, get back in the word, get back in prayer. Get back in worship. Make the house of God a priority. Do you know a regular tender today considers someone that will go to church once a month? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a 25% church tender. I want to challenge you. Make church a priority of your life in 2018. Outside of an emergency, be in the house of God and be a part of something bigger than you. Be a part of building something bigger than you. Have a relationship with Jesus. Number two, find freedom in your life this year don't let another year go by and you stay in the same funk that you've been in for the last 15 years come on somebody I know what I'm talking about because I experienced it and I want to challenge you today let this be a year that you're going to get in small groups you're going to get connected with other people you're going to build relationships you're going to get accountability in your life. You know what brought me through these last two months is accountability partners. Pastor friends that are a phone call away that I can be totally transparent with and they're transparent with me and we're accountability partners and we have our internets interconnected so that if one of us even glanced at something we shouldn't, the other one knows about it. I mean, we, we total accountability, total transparency. 
But I want to tell you today, if you really want freedom in your life, it's going to take other people in your life. Because you can't do it by yourself or you already would. And in the end of January, beginning of February, we're going to announce our new semester of small groups. And I want to challenge you, either start one or get in one. And make it a commitment in your life in 2018. I'm going to be relational with other people. And I'm going to find the freedom that I've been so desperately seeking God for. Because I know, I know what it's like to carry those things for years and years and years. But today, God wants to free you from it. And so I want to challenge you in 2018, get into small groups, get relational. Number three is discover your purpose. Focus on discovering your purpose. 87% of the church world never identifies their purpose. And everyone look at me for a second. You will never experience true freedom until you're fulfilling your purpose. And that's why the enemy wants to keep you over here going, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I can't do it, they're not talking about me, it's not me that, that I can't do it. No, that's where the enemy wants to keep you because if he can keep you out of fulfilling your purpose, he will constantly keep you reliving your past. See, in neutral, you can only go downhill. You gotta put it in drive to go uphill. Some of you need to get out of neutral today and get it in drive and let's get out of the old and let's walk into the new. I'm preaching to you today because this is a new year for us and we're going to take advantage of it. Come on, somebody. And I want to challenge every one of you right after this service, if you have not been through our grow track, I want to challenge you. Go through those double doors and we're going to feed you a meal. And for about an hour, this beautiful lady on the front row is going to share with you and talk to you one of our leaders, and it happens to be the prettiest one of us all, my wife today. But I want to challenge you. If you're part of our dream team already, make 18 a year. You're going to serve like you've never served. But if you're, if you're here today and you, you, you've not served, you don't really know your purpose, you haven't connected, we're going to help you find that. And our grow track does that. We're going to identify the passions God gave you and how did God make you and what's the purpose in your life. We'll help you if you'll just give us an hour, an hour and 15 minutes of your day today. Right after service, go through those double doors and it'll be life-changing, I promise you. And then number four, make a difference. Know God. Find freedom. Discover your purpose. Get in grow track. Small groups. And then make a difference. How do I do that? We have this thing called the dream team. And what we want to do is help you identify your purpose, what's your gifts, your passions. And then we have a team waiting on you. And that's why we have two services every Sunday. So that you can sit in one and do nothing but receive. And then serve in one and do nothing but give. And we'll find your passions, help you identify them. And if there were children, we got over 100 children back there every Sunday that you can sow into. And just like I said, there's no greater thrill than growing up and knowing that those children are now leaders in the house of God. If it's babies, we have nursery. If it's making coffee, how many appreciate our coffee team, amen? And, and, and if it's running production and technology or if it's singing on a platform or if it's a prayer team or whatever ushers or greeters, whatever your passion is, we want you to serve where you're passionate, not fulfill a job so that now you're a part of something bigger than you. Can you imagine where this church will go in 2018 if just 75 or 100% of us connect with our purpose? And we start serving in that purpose and the difference that we can make that's going to leave a legacy for generations to come. 
Because when I preach up here, Pastor Brad preaches up here every Sunday, 80%, around 80% of the people that we preach to every Sunday has been saved in this house. Came in here broken, hurting, injured, wounded, but today have committed your lives to Jesus and now you're part of something bigger than you. So if you want 18 to be a year of building something, put your attention on knowing God like you've never done. Get connected in small groups and begin to find the freedom and accountability that you need in your life and I need in mine. Discover your purpose by going through Grow Track and help, let us help you identify how God's made you and what are the gifts inside of you. And then join a team. We've got people waiting for you. We'd love to have you on our team. And we're going to go make a difference in the lives of others and impact people through the love of Jesus in a very powerful, powerful way. You see, death doesn't scare me. I'm not afraid of death. You know what scares me? Is knowing my divine, eternal purpose in life and not fulfilling it. That's what scares me. So I challenge you today is at the end of 18, let's be able to put our thumb right on the very area of life that I can say this year, I built a legacy. I served at a door. I greeted people every Sunday. I served in the children's ministry. I changed people's lives. I served on that, that production team. I run those cameras. I, I, did, I did that. I was a part of something that has transformed hundreds of lives through the ministry of the church. And we're making a difference for eternity in Jesus' name. Come on. Anybody ready to join me in that? Amen. Do this with me right now. I'm going to close and I just want to challenge you. I've gone over. But I'm, I'm going to do this, and I, 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 normally we don't ask you to stand in here. I know it makes people uncomfortable, but I, I feel to do this today because I want the devil to know he lost. And if you're here right now and you say, Pastor, I've been sustaining, but I haven't been building. And I want 218 to be a year of building legacy. I'm ready to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and I'm going to help make a difference in the lives of others. If you say 218, Pastor, I'm committed with you. I want you to stand up because I want to pray a blessing over you. Pastor Brad's fixing to come up here, but I, I, I mean this. I don't want you to feel pressured to stand. I'm not signing you up for anything other than I'm ready. And if you're standing, God's going to show you exactly what he wants you to do. And then I want you to just grab hold of it and let's go build a legacy in the name of Jesus. Father, lift your hands to heaven. Father, I pray over this house right now. I pray over every person. God, about 99% of this church is standing right now. And I thank you, God, for the hearts of these people. And God, I pray over them right now, God, a blessing, that Abrahamic blessing, God, that you spoke over Isaac. I declare over them, God, that you will bless them and they're going in and they're coming out. They're rising up and they're lying down. God, in the city, in the fields, you said they're blessed and they're favored of the Lord. And I declare that Abrahamic blessing over them. No weapon formed against them will prosper. I declare health. I declare vision. I declare prosperity. I declare, God, the joy of the Lord. God, I speak against all the lies of the enemy, God, that have been haunting their mind. And today I declare the peace of God that passes their understanding. I pray, God, that God, your grace, your mercy will be evident in their life, that goodness and mercy will follow them all the days of their life. And God, I declare that God, today as we make a fresh commitment, God, at the end of 17, that God in 18, 
God, we're going to know you like we've never known you. God, we're going to walk in that freedom that you've made available through relationships and small groups. God, we're going to find our passion. We're going to connect in our growth track. And God, we're going to find out how you made us, Lord. And we're going to identify those gifts inside of us. And God, we're going to join that team, Lord. And we're going to make a difference and make a difference in the lives of other people for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Remain seat or standing and just bow your heads with me for a second. And maybe you're in this building right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I need to start at step one. I don't know Jesus today. We had eight people accept Christ in the first service. If you raise your hand right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I don't know Jesus right now. I know about him, but I'm not even close to where I need to be with him. And I just want you to pray a prayer for me. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray a prayer with you. If that's you right now, would you just lift a hand wherever you sit or stand? God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Wow, hands going up. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, God bless you. That's about 9, 10, 11 hands right there. Come on. If that's you today, Jesus has a plan for your life. Don't you listen to the hands still going up, going up. God has a plan for your life. More hands going up. Don't listen another day to the lie of the enemy. This is God's day that he's designed to speak to your life and say, I've got change for you. I've got something good for you. I've got a plan. I've got a plan for you. If you raise your hand or you did not and you mean that, I want you to pray this prayer with me and we're going to join you. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. Right now, I come to you. I confess I believe and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, there's like 15, 20 hands.